You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hi, angels. Did you miss us? We're back. (laughs) We missed you. We missed each other. (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa and I need to come on and at least even just talk even if we're not recording, because we seem to go wayward when we're not doing our Sunday rituals. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Cause it's a, it's a unique form of therapy, right? Like it's, it's the reason why we believe in what we do is because we experience it. We didn't just learn it and run around teaching it. We experience it. We get that everything is not going to be traditional and you are going to get healing in whatever ways connect with you. And for us, we come together on a weekly basis. We dump, we process, we give each other feedback and it's, yeah. (laughs) So yes, we missed each other as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So something, um, so today we are going to talk about love, all things love. We're going to talk about, um, I think, yeah, because I think Venus just did some, we just did something with Venus. It moved somewhere. I don't even remember. I was trying to look at my, my emails to find out the, uh, cause I usually get an email from my astrologer that I love. Yeah. Venus, but, um, it's been acting up. <laughs> the planets don't act up, but sometimes when I don't like the effect, I, Act like that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so get it. Um, so what just happened? So yes, no, we have a new moon in Capricorn, right? Today, happy new moon, everyone! Whoop whoop. Um, Mercury just conjoined Venus on December 29th. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, so that makes sense. So. A conjoining, right? Like of, yeah, something. Yeah. Oh, so I I have this thing here. I saw earlier today, and I'm I'm so excited that I found it. Uh, so Venus might be in retrograde because it says on the 29th it goes direct in Capricorn. Does that make sense? Oh, it just happened to. I have, yeah, somebody posted, I just went to her page. She posted this morning and I went, I'll read that later. (laughs) And then when you brought that up, I was like, I guess I will read that now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, sounds great. Yeah. Venus, love, love, love is a many splendored thing as the song goes, but it also can be a very confusing thing. And, um, I think we're kind of priming ourselves by having this episode, you know, the big V day comes up next month. 
I don't see Valentine's Day as a day of love anymore. I see Valentine's Day as a day that I moved up to the Pacific Northwest, drove through a snowstorm. That's my trauma with veterans, with uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's my anniversary of of moving from Sedona to the, to Oregon, Washington area. And yeah, it was quite the, it was quite the journey. So, and it's a year is coming up. Can you believe that? I can't. As soon as you said that, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, I'm like this, I would have, I quit my job, like the end of January and beginning of February, like February 2nd or 4th. And then I had like, a, a week to get myself packed and um into that and he showed up on the 12th of february and we and we i paid people to pack my u-haul i don't pack it anymore it's not my job yeah yep. <laughs> I, I spread the love prosperity <laughs> because you bet i don't do stairs and carrying boxes and all that jive so um yeah that's amazing anyways i digress we see this where we're at because but I love it like loves me love I mean I love that we're doing this because it actually jogged my memory of like what life was like for us a year ago you know and and like us personally us on the podcast like what were we talking about what were we doing you know and like to me that's like big reflection time of like whoa you know how how that time has gone by and what was going on at this time last year you know like of that like lots of like trying to balance and rebalance and the knowledge of what you wanted to do and kind of like, how did we put these pieces together enough <laughs> that I can do it? And yeah. Well, and I, like that. I also think is like, you know, for me, January is maybe a more in alignment with the Chinese new year, or maybe even like the, the spring equinox, because mm-hmm. I find that January is always like, I feel it's like the wrap up, like the reflection time of, so, so where were we at last year? What happened over the year? You know, where we're going to be in that state of like deep reflection and deep deciding of where we're our intentions for the new year and, you know, and, and what it is. So I think that, you know, let's talk about how we allow love into our lives because to be honest is that not something that we all seek for is love I mean Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody who hasn't sought it at one time or another or doesn't need it in their life I mean it's we're we're herd animals to be honest we can do solitary because we've been we've learned in the past couple years we can do solitary (laughs) but (laughs) barely we can survive solitary a little bit right with you know a little bit of like something but I just I'm I'm just thinking to myself is that you know what is my relationship with love how do I receive and give love you know am I totally receiving in the love that is around me because something I always say to my clients to people to to people who follow me is you know, that there is love that surrounds you. And I feel, and I believe that that's true, but I believe it on all levels, like, you know, spiritually, universally from spirit, from Jesus, God, whomever you pray to or don't. Um, And, but I also believe it in the 3D. Mm -hmm. 
I, I really believe all of us have people around us who love us, who care about us, who care about our well-being. And but I think the rub is not finding them. The rub is how we allow that love in, or if we do. Yes. Our belief systems are like really something that we have to look into when we talk about this. You know, what do we believe love is? Because if we don't, if we're unclear on what we believe love is and everything else is going to be unclear too. And I think, I think it's something that periodically we, we have to look at, you know, I mean, I know there were times in my life where I was like, I don't want love because I was, I had been hurt. I was wounded. I didn't want like masculine love to enter in my life because I was afraid of what would happen. Um, but there was also tons of other love around that I leaned on. But I think because I had to do that work of what my belief systems were about love, I could better understand what love I was receiving and what I wasn't. Um, whereas there've been times in my life where I didn't, you know, and it was, and it was, those are hard times because you just, you don't trust people. Um, you don't trust yourself. Um, and it looks pretty bleak sometimes. And so I think, yeah, this, this is an on topic because it's part of reflection, you know, like in that, that, that transition of, of how we're talking about reflection is I think if we add that into our yearly reflection of like, how was I loved? How did I give love? then we're entering into the new year with like (laughs) really good intention and with really good solid foundation of what it is that we build everything from, right? Like passion is a form of love. So we build from, from passion and, you know, kind of, we, we build together with people that love us. They help us feel good. So, I mean, I love this topic. There's so many different facets of it. Um, and I'm sure this won't be the only one that we do. Um, we'll probably break it up, but, um, I do think that that reflection on like, huh, let's, it's fine to like, I I find like for me, like if there's certain things or certain times of the year that I can remember to do something (laughs) that, that has to do with self-reflection, the better, because time goes by fast y'all. Like we just talked about how a year almost went by. When's the last time I evaluated my relationship with love? Right. So if we kind of add that into our yearly reflection, then we allow ourselves every year to stay in touch with our belief systems around love. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, is that, and let's just throw some more things into the ring to, to discuss is, is like, we have to go as far back as being a kid we have to go as far back as and i'm not talking just romantic love i'm talking all love because mm-hmm. absolutely because you know vanessa and i are, are we are taking a um uh, a course that i love and and i we're doing it together and i'm discovering a lot about my relationship my emotional relationship mm-hmm. with the people in my life that have taught me how to love yeah. and how I am very resentful to them about who and what they are. And, you know, so it's, I look at my parents, I look at the people around me and, you know, we say that love is unconditional. That's what, that's, that's the, that's the buzzword is unconditional love. It's the goal. It's like, it's like our thing that we strive for, but 
can we really ever achieve it? Is, is there not conditions on our love? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if you love you, we love our, we love our children. That's, that's just, you know, the way of it, mm-hmm. but it's not that we don't love them when we're upset with them. It's just that there's conditions, there's built conditions. And I think what those conditions are frames who you are as an adult. hundred percent. So if my mother's condition on me was, if you lost weight, you'd be pretty. Or one of her other ones was, well, you always were a good child. So I didn't need to pay attention to you. So if, if, if those were her conditions, you know, you can see what my relationship with love is. It's, it's about people pleasing. It's about, well, and my stepfather who was a raging alcoholic and a drug addict, well, it wasn't a drug addict, but he did drugs. And, you know, he could have been, I don't know. I was so small then, um, you know, knowing that if I, if I was good or if I was people pleasing, I could temper the situation so no one would get hurt. So I could protect my older brother from being hurt by him, you know? Mm-hmm. So very early on the people that were supposed to love and we look to for love made it dysfunctional. Yes. And yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm going to stretch myself out there and say 99% of us who have dysfunctional relationships or have people who were, who are not right for us or who are harmful to us. Generally it's because of that type of growing up, that type of parentage, a very dysfunctional mm-hmm. type of parenting. Yeah. So, or just the, the, the lack of awareness, right? Like we, we don't know what that belief system is because it's being installed to in, in us when we're younger And when we don't have people to um, like explain it to us, right. Like in a different way, we don't have, we don't have the ability to even think about overriding it until we've experienced something that makes us so desperate to want to, that we'll try it. Yeah. And I think too, is that innately we're all born with that love within us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, it's slowly shifted and molded, you know, that's how we take on our family woundings. That's how we take on, you know, multi-generational healing, you know, that idea that, you know, it, we're trying to break some familial pattern. It's because we, we essentially are born this block of moldable human clay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just depends on what the person who's molding you does. And, and I think that but I don't think that in this space we need to place responsibility or blame on those people. It's, it's about bringing awareness to how it happened. Absolutely. It's the hardest thing to do when we're, when we're discussing any kind of things like this, even, even traumatic things where you're like, yeah, that should not have happened to you. But when we place the blame, we, that, where, where we put blame, we put power. And if we're going to continue to put power over there, then you're going to always feel like you have none and we don't want to do that. So we, when we get into these kind of topics, it's like, 
No, the, the, the power stays within us. We're just trying to look for an explanation because within the seeds of every problem is the solution. So we have to look at it and see like, what, well, what happened? Because whatever happened has the solution inside of it. Whatever was missing, we add into it. And that's it because the explanation of why can make us crazy. The explanation or the, the, the idea that we have to hold somebody accountable for it is literally just wasting your energy because it happened, you know, and there's, there's nothing that you can do about it. No apology takes anything back. I've seen, I've seen parents in rehab cry, apologize, try to buy their children for the, the pain that they feel like caused them to become addicts. And it never matters because it doesn't take back what happened. And the only person that can ever do that healing is the person who's been wounded. It's so difficult. Like I, it's, it's very difficult, but I think like when we think about unconditional love, what we're really talking about, and again, the communication of it is just like, not good is the conditions of, of loving behavior right? So there's acts of love and there's feelings of love. And those two things are very separate. You know, that's why we can love somebody and not do things for them that feel like loving them, showing them, giving them um, reinforcement, right? Because if they are not capable of acts of love in return, we're not going to encourage that behavior to continue, but that doesn't mean our feeling of love isn't there, but we've become a society of like showing feelings of love being acts of love only that you, that we don't have the ability to, to get inside anybody's head and really think about what it means and let that be with them and keep our own with us. It's very, very focused on proving that you love somebody and less on like, (laughs) do I feel loved? Why does it matter? What am I missing that I am so dependent on this unconditional love concept? You know, what is, what I, what am I feeling about myself that I need reinforcement for? And that's always acts of love, right? Like (laughs) I need somebody to do this for me so that I feel like they love me. It's always the act. It's not the feeling of feeling loved. Right. And I think that you know, when I stepped into, so I had a, my mentor a long time ago asked me if you could take away all of the things that you don't like about yourself and you were the person you envisioned to be, and you finally could feel you love yourself. How does that feel? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know how love feels. Like I was like so astonished and I was so like, I don't know what that feels like. I don't know. I don't know. And that was really eye-opening to me. Um, A, how much love I don't let in Mm -hmm. and B, how I've never had a relationship with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great exercise, by the way. (laughs) Like when you said it, I was like, brilliant. Like, (laughs) it's like, and that can go in so many different directions. Like how many things do we need to take away before that love shows up? Right. You know, like- what do we need to add before that love shows up? How do you feel about yourself? Because how you feel about yourself, number one, dictates how you feel about other people's acts of love and feelings of love. If you cannot believe you are lovable for whatever reason, 
you are not going to be satisfied with any version of love that's being given to you. You know, and that's why, like, I'm. everybody says, you know, how can you love others if you can't love yourself? And I think partly that's true. Um, you can love others. You can't receive the love if you don't love yourself. True. Um, but I also think that if you, I, I think it comes from the space of, if you criticize yourself so much, we project into the world our own criticisms of ourselves. So, you know, if we're judging ourselves, chances are we judge others. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that love that we do feel for others is like, is it wrapped up in the validation of the idea of love or is it love? I mean, there are so many rabbit holes, but the only, and it's funny because even in the spiritual world, like I work with the angels a lot. Um, and yeah, sorry. My one angel just showed up. That is her name. Angel. She thought, Oh, <laughs> like right now you're not working with me. Yeah. You're not throwing the mousies fast enough. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that we do, we say, or that we've been taught is connecting to the unconditional love of the divine. So I, I believe that I believe that the divine, the universe spirit is neutral in its love. That's how it can give unconditional love because it's neutral. Spirit is neutral. Spirit is what you ask for. What you put out is what you're going to receive because it's thinking you're asking for it. Right? So the idea is unconditional because you don't have to do or prove anything to them. They're just like, oh, you're asking for this. We're going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're asking for that. Oh, okay. We're going to give it to you. Your actions are asking for more hardship, more, you know, oh, okay. We're going to give that to you. Mm-hmm. So in some aspects, unconditional love is not always discerning of like, for example, say your significant other or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or um, your non-binary partner, they start treating you unwell and they don't treat you well. They're emotionally abusing you or maybe they're physically abusing you. And, and now, you know, you can't be neutral in this situation. You have to kind of stretch into that space of being conditional with your love because Mm -hmm. I can love you, but if you're hurting me, I'm out, you know, like I, I don't condone this behavior. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the chase of the, the, the term, the buzzword unconditional Mm -hmm. love, I think the chasing of that has allowed people to be abused and continuously be abused Mm -hmm. without realizing that, no, I don't deserve that. Mm -hmm. Right. So dysfunction that we have had in the beginning as children and, and, and growing up into creating these relationships with people who are abusive. And, and because we're needing, we're thinking that this is love. And this is created in love that abuse means that X, Y, and Z, that's how the person shows their love. No, that's not love. That's control. That's abuse. We allow those bad behaviors because we feel, feel on some subconscious level, maybe that we deserve that or that we see that as love and it's really not. Um, 
I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? Well, so (laughs) abusive relationships are so fascinating to me. Um, I wish I didn't have the ability to study them because I wish that they would never happen. But, um, you know, they're fascinating to me because there are so many different reasons why people stay in them. But the unconditional love thing is 100% a buzzword. It's people, it's things that people use to create guilt. Um, And like as a separate thing, a lot of times people will see that high emotion. You may have, you may be it with a partner who doesn't really show a lot of emotion but when they get angry and start being abusive, you finally see passion and emotion and you confuse the two. You feel like, oh, I must have, you know, like they, they, they feel very strongly for me that they got this way, right? Like, and it gets twisted around guilt. It gets twisted around fear. Like, you know, there's all kinds of things that go along with it. But a lot of times it is that like, oh, you know, you love me so much that it just really made you that mad. Right. Like, (laughs) whereas I've seen you be kind of neutral everywhere else, which means that that's the absence of love for you. Right. Um, And, you know, the people who are abusive use that that term unconditional love freely. They love to use it. They love to be able to say, well, you know, I just want somebody who loves me unconditionally because I'm not a perfect person. Right. (laughs) And what do you do? You feel guilty right away. Like, oh, I'm not I'm not caring about this person. I'm putting too high of expectations. I'm yada yada and it's making them this way Ooh. right yeah Ooh, all the, dangerous. it's super yeah. dangerous it happens all the time it happens all the damn time most people that i know that have been in abusive relationships are in some sort of cycle of this you know of that twisting of high emotion being wrapped in love of some sort um and feeling bad for that person for not being able to access whatever and I will help them and it's it, it's very very sick what happens and people who are abusive a lot of them with the right motivation can be rehabilitated but it's very 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 difficult because it's raw and it's hard and if you have been taught no coping skills it's dangerous right because when you talk I mean I, people flipping chairs over in my office because of asking a question that just touched something they didn't want to talk about. You know, it's like that rawness, not everybody can handle it. And, you know, so I do believe that, that a lot of people who are abusive, they're not bad by nature. They've become bad by what has happened to them and just haven't found the courage or the ability to really work on that because it's hard work. And if they know how it feels to be angry, they don't want to know how it feels to be raw and open and sad and whatever, because who knows what's going to happen, right? If I know I have an explosive temper when I'm angry, what if I feel suicidal when I'm sad, you know? um, And that's not me having, you know, super deep empathy for abusers. I really don't have that much, but (laughs) I think, you know, trying to get into the psyche of how these relationships happen helps me help victims, like kind of conceptualize what's happening so that they can, free themselves from all of that, those thought processes that make them feel like they're a bad person if they don't give quote unquote unconditional love. But I think, you know, again, like that buzzword of it being like, accept me with my imperfections. Nope. There's a reason why that's a different phrase (laughs) because that is a different, a whole different concept. 
that yes, we want to be loved despite our imperfections because we all have things about us that we're like, ooh, that's not my favorite thing and I'm going to work on it. Please don't judge me based on that because I have, there's a lot more to me than this. But we all have to know that there are conditions to receiving acts of love and that you can love somebody very deeply. If you, if you love an addict, you understand this concept. You love that person. There is no lack of love, but you cannot serve them acts of love because they take advantage. They're not in a place to receive them in the way that, that it's supposed to be received. So that alone says we can love without showing love in, in a physical way or, you know, in, in acts. And yeah. if we can separate that, if more people could understand that concept, I think that we'd be able to break free a lot more from the, this is how you show love. And if you don't do that, there is no love. And, you know, and we're, we're cause well, and, and let me just, let's expose the part of the issue is, is this is social media and, and, and meet and just like, you know, like, oh, he loves you if he buys you the 10 karat diamond ring, or so he loves you if he buys you the X, Y, and Z for Valentine's Day. And, oh, you only got one gift for Valentine's Day? I got 12. And Show like, your love with insert whatever. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like that, that if he's the one, if he does all these things, honey, yeah. I've had people do those things and they were clearly not the one. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> It did not equal love. It equaled, right. this is what I'm supposed to do to get your love. Therefore, I'll do them, but I don't need to give it. Like, yeah. I only need to whip out my credit card for to receive love from you. And it's and it's bought. And yeah. mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. But we're taught that that works that way. And yeah. as women, we're taught to accept that that way they want to talk about gold diggers well they're creating them via media you know absolutely absolutely we didn't start becoming gold diggers because of the fact you know you know we just decided jared you know and and kate jewelers (laughs) made it clear that unless we're getting this we're not getting enough yeah Uh and it's it's everything right like it's We've just went through Christmas. We went through that concept of giving, giving love at Christmas, your birthday, all throughout the year, your anniversaries, all kinds of everything. We have been like, these are the ways that you show love. And it's so not because I like, I have, okay. So I have friends that I'm no longer friends with. Mm -hmm. I still love those friends, Mm -hmm. but I love us. I love them enough to know yeah. that our friendships aren't going to work. They aren't going to serve us in mm-hmm. order to still be friends yeah. because the trajectory of our lives are going completely different paths. And I know that I hold myself small so that I don't become more than, or feel like that other person feels like I've you know, that I'm surpassing them. So I generally play small and Mm. I don't allow myself to expand beyond the relationship to make sure I keep the relationship. Well, that's not good for either of us. Yeah. Yeah. How is that? How is that healthy? How is that good? Because in that other person, 
feels maybe they can't because I've capped myself and, well, I don't want to, you know, stretch out and whatever. If I stay in the cycle of achievement and then, and then decline and then achievement and then decline, I can keep our relationship this way because they're supporting me. And if I keep creating places where they support me and feel valuable, then I'm going to keep creating shit in my life and never be happy because I'm always in turmoil to get their support. How is that? How is that healthy? It's not, but so many people do it. And yeah, Yeah. and it just, I love them. And maybe the relationship ended on a, on a harsh note, a couple of, most of mine does. See, I'm, I'm hard with that. I'm hard with letting people go because I love people. But what I'm realizing as I'm letting people go, as I'm releasing the relationship is that I love us both enough to know that our friendship isn't supportive. It isn't healthy for either of us. We Mm -hmm. both need to just take our lives and create them the way that we want to and not cap them because of our friendship. Mm -hmm. Because really it's, it's kind of the cornerstone of codependency. If I keep this cycle going, I'll keep this codependent relationship. So this person can never leave me because I always, you know, whatever. And then, and then, you know, it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And I know my place in that where I created or created that situation. And I also know my feelings around it when the relationship shifts and I'm not comfortable anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's just not healthy for either of us. So you can love someone enough to not be in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As much as, as much shit as my ex-husband and I went through that he put me through that I put him through whatever I know I love him, but I love him to a point where I know that we're not meant to be together. Like our moment together is over. Mm -hmm. And that's actually an act of self-love as well, right? Like when we are able to remove ourselves from places where we don't, we, 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 there's no reciprocal love. We're loving ourselves in that moment too. And that's like the, one of the concepts that I try to give to people when we're, when we're doing this kind of work in counseling is like, listen, you're loving yourself too in that moment, because you're putting yourself in an important spot of how do I want to feel? How do I deserve to feel, you know, and how, how good will I feel if I make a decision that's good for everybody right now? You know, sometimes we are the person that has to make the decision (laughs) because the other person won't, you know, and so we will get all caught up in what's happening to the other person and forget that we're doing it for ourselves too. It is an act of love to yourself to be able to put distance between you and a person who doesn't make you feel loved. Mm-hmm. it's hard. This, this is a hard concept because the, the harder we get into it or the, the deeper we get into it, you know, it's so multifaceted. And I think that's why buzzwords are so easy for people because it's just like, I, uh, I don't want to get into all of this. It's a lot. And then what am I going to do? And then I got to find somebody else <laughs> in this world who understands this concept. <laughs> the thing about buzzwords is it's, we've all made different meanings of these words. Yeah. But my meaning may not be the same as your meaning, but we assume that it is because we're like, Oh, unconditional love. Yeah. 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 I get it. And we move on, but 
it's it's not right. our meanings are not the same and right. that's why buzzwords are so dangerous yeah. is because it prevents us from having the real conversations around how we give and receive love right. and and even if we do receive it so you know it but it would open up the conversation about it if we could talk to our partners our friends even like yes. friend yeshu and i we have a constant conversation about receiving love about receiving kindness about receiving and we don't yeah. do it well we receive criticism and take it to heart but mm-hmm. yet when we talk and think about love we're not necessarily receiving it Yeah. We're just acknowledging it, but not letting it permeate our energy fields. It's like, we're like, mm. but mm-hmm. that's because there's another narrative that says we're not deserving of it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what's preventing us from actively receiving. So, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about, this is a new year, you know, we, some of our intentions is like one of the things that I, I really wanted to do this year is to look at how I receive love and to look at what prevents me from actually receiving it and seeing it in, in others and how, you know, because for me personally, because, you know, in, in this process and angels, those of you who know me know that I go by grace and my healing circles, there's going to be a process this year of me shifting to that name. So, and, and to really, begin to own it because eventually when money pending I will have I will go and legally change my name to Grace um and so if you see if you see me in other forms under the name Grace Evergreen know that there's not some sort of schizophrenic thing happening it's, it's not a stage name <laughs> of a different persona <laughs> yeah it's me shifting starting with my business shifting over to that name and eventually it will be a legal thing where I will no longer be Amy Hedman in any way but I will be Grace Evergreen um it's a process it's a process uh but I um I will do it and I will absolutely Yeah. So there is this, and the reason why I bring that up is because the name Amy, the meaning behind it is beloved. My struggle, my whole life was love, like wanting to feel loved, wanting to be important enough for someone to love, but I am important enough for people to love, but yet I'm not actively allowing that love in. I'm still focused on the lack of the love that I need it, that I continuously need it, which brings me the energy of not seeing it where it is. But part of that is because I, I, don't, I don't have it for myself. Part of it is, is that I don't understand how I receive it because I don't understand what it feels like. And the way that we learn how it feels like is to give it to ourselves. I felt it in moments this year, this past, mm-hmm. over this past year, I have felt it in moments where I cared about myself enough to do the right thing, what I needed, not yeah. what someone else needed, 
but what I needed in that moment, whether it was to say, you know, to step back from a situation, whether it was to say, you know what, I, I need a break, you know, I'm canceling dinner or I'm can't, I'm not going to Shabbat dinner with Roman, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the idea of like knowing my limitations and knowing when I need a break and, and honoring myself and my emotions in the situation to a degree where I actively said no or said yes. Maybe there were moments where I needed the comfort of friendship and I was I didn't want to because my habit is to isolate. So yeah. I was like, no, we're going to go because we need this. And we did. And it worked. So that's, that's really, if we, you, you don't know what love feels like and you go back and you see your relationships with your family and you're like, oh yeah, that's where it started. And you're like, I don't know what that is. I encourage you to have a conversation with yourself and to see where that process is within you. Mm-hmm. Because remember what we think about, we bring about. So if you're thinking that you're unlovable, well, you're going to bring situations where people aren't really loving you. And if we look or at- Or you're just going to see it. That's all you're going to see because that's your lens. Yeah. And so let's, let's really go inwards first because once we work, that's why I'm always like, I'm always encouraging you to self, you know, work on the self first, work on whatever it is within yourself first, then your lens and the world around you was going to shift. Yeah. Because when you start emitting that energy of, oh my gosh, I am deserving. I'm worthy of that. I, I, I am a human and I honor my humanness and I honor that even though I am human and I have things about me that I'm still healing and working through, I still deserve love. When you get to that point, when you begin to discover that, even in the most minute way, the love, you'll start to see it start to pour in. Like from places you were like, really? Really? Like you? (laughs) It's like, you know, and I'm not talking romantic love and it could be that too, but just even from your friends, you know, even from the people around you, even from people you don't even like you've met a couple of times. Like I always say, I love everybody until you give me a reason that, you know, I love the humanness in everybody, but Mm -hmm. I don't always need to be everybody's friend either. Yep. Absolutely. And And we don't have to earn the love. Right. I just, it just hit me like a million years. Like before we started this, we we're like, we had a podcast idea. <laughs> what is it? Where is it? And I was like, there it is in my head. It was kind of around that idea of earning the love of people. And that like that phrase that you said of like, I want to be important enough to be loved. I think everybody has a version of that, that either is very, very like, detrimental or you know it's kind of much lighter you know like because there is less trauma there but that all comes with there's an evaluation process of when am I important enough what makes me important what makes me worthy what how do I earn the spot of lovable in the world or in somebody's lives and and we we had been talking about some of the actions that we have taken over the years of like 
earning our spots and friendships and earning our spots and friend groups and, and like, Oh yeah. Earning the love that, yeah, that's, I was like, Oh God, it's coming. It's connected to it. I was like, Oh, talking about Christmas and the idea of me, I, okay. So this is where this whole thing comes from friends. So we talked about this in the Christmas episode where my mother used to, that was her love language was giving gifts. And so we were talking about, you know, the idea of, am I trying to prove my worth within my friend circle by giving gifts? Because I wanted to get stockings and these mini stockings and fill them for everybody. And it was like $80. And I was like, why are you doing this? What is your motive? What is your motive? And, you know, and it was like, well, I, I think I come down to a, the root of it was, is I didn't want to be like my mother. So I was in complete like trauma mode. But the other part of it was me finding my place and my worth within my friend group mm-hmm. and not trusting that just my presence is enough. Just what, just me being there adds light to their life. Right. Like that's how you got there. <laughs> You know, like, and it's really a very basic concept, but when we're in it, we don't feel it, you know, like, and I remember talking to you about like some of the stuff again, like we kind of went backwards in our lives and then like, oh my God, this shows up way more places that I'm comfortable with. Like, you know, and I feel like it probably is that way for a lot of people, you know, you're the one in the group who insert whatever it is, right? Like, so you have your spot, you are solid as the person who does this for me. Like I always bring food. I, I loved making food. I'd make four appetizers to bring to a, a thing, or I would make, you know, some new kind of cupcake to bring because that was what I did. That was my spot in the group. And even if I did feel love, it felt like if I didn't show up with that, something bad was going to happen. And it's underlying love. I didn't know that. Like it wasn't conscious. It was like, I'm going to let them down. But if you play the tape further, I'm going to let them down. They're not going to want me around because the thing I provided, I'm no longer providing. Yeah. And there goes, the, there goes the conversation about earning love. And I think there's more people in this world that handle this than they know of. Because when we're kids, a lot of a lot of children are trying to earn love from their parents in the basic sense, because parents are trying to parent children. They're trying to guide them and, you know, teach them and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't feel like love. It feels like criticism and that you then have to earn something positive by having good grades or being really good at a sport or being really good in, in some sort of art or, or, something like that. You're earning love. And we carry that into adulthood of like, what acts do I have to put out there in order to receive love? So, or, or, and sometimes it's not even, it's not even that it's not about good grades. It's not about, sometimes it's about creating crisis in your life Mm -hmm. because that's the only time your parent would ever pay attention is when you were in crisis. Mm -hmm. I still do it to this day. I just realize I'm like, uh, okay. Cause my mother, I was the good child. I didn't have to, I didn't, she didn't need to pay attention. I was okay. My grades were good. She was okay. I had to create upset and crisis for her to pay attention. Right. And it's still that way. 
for her to help me, for her to give me time, I have to be in some sort of upset. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> right. Cause it's an earning, right? Like, so we don't even think about doing something negative to earn, but kids do it all the time. Any, any attention is better than none. Right. So a lot of kids that are acting out are like, that's how I get the attention. I've seen my kid do it. If I'm like distracted, she'll do something I, that she knows not to do, but she's like, you're paying attention to me now. <laughs> I got what I wanted. And it's very simple because their brains are very simple at that age. Well, something <laughs> I wrote down on Wednesday when we got together was that the idea of you owe me, it's the yeah. idea of holding that person on the hook. It's like, and, and, you know, like, uh, I, I, I still do it and I'm like, fuck, and I, and I realize where I still do it. And so that's, you know, again, too, is that it's keeping me in the immature stage of, of love, of the idea of love and keeping me stuck to the age where the trauma happened mm-hmm. and that I don't want to be stuck in my teenage years. Are you kidding me? Yeah. right they were all the one up hell, the first time they were hell the first time i went through them i don't want to relive them or stay there i want to grow up but <laughs> but emotionally emotionally you know i haven't in some ways because of there's there's people that i want to make pay because i don't still feel it's resolved because i feel i feel they have to pay for how they treated me but mm-hmm. That does nothing but give all my power away to other people and Mm -hmm. and convince me and create situations and moments where I don't love myself because I I feel I have to create the situations that are not in my highest good Mm -hmm. to get and love and attention from somebody. Right. I mean, it's basic, basic pathways. Like our brain pathways are very simple at that age. And the ones that get strengthened are the ones that work, right? I'm self-loathing because I'm acting the way that I'm acting. I'm creating situations the way the, that I don't want. But yet at the same time, I'm like, I need to, in order to get love from the, the patriarch, the matriarchal figure of my life. And, right. you know, and so it's like, fuck. so yeah. Or love no- that you recognize, right. <laughs> Cause that's what that, that's what this whole podcast is kind of about is being able to recognize love in other forms. And when we do this kind of work, we see like, Oh, okay. So my tiny, however old I was brain solidified that this is what love looks like, right? Love is like panic and care and acute, like, you know, uh, like acute compassion, like deep dramatic. That's what love looks like. They're grand gestures, right? And that's what the, that's the pathway that, that forms when that becomes over and over and over again, the only time that you feel love. It doesn't mean that you weren't loved in other ways by other people, but because that was the person that you were most attached to or, or the only one in my or, life. <laughs> exactly. That's who, that's who creates the, that pathway and strengthens that pathway. And again, we don't go back to be like, Oh, like you're all terrible people. We just right. go back to explain and be like, Oh, okay. That's how that happened. Let me look, let me examine my belief systems about love. What does love look like? How do I give love? And that is sometimes like, <laughs> when I have that conversation, it's like, well, how come I can believe it when I give it? Like, I can call this an act of love when I do it, but it's not an act of love when somebody does it for me. 
it is manipulation or whatever. I mean, there's, this goes into a deep, deep, deep <laughs> place for some people, myself included, you know, of like, well, when I do it, it's love, but when you do it, it's obligation says who, right? Just me, <laughs> just me and my story over here. Yeah. Making it up because it doesn't look like the love that I am used to receiving. So because I don't recognize it as love that I'm used to receiving, I don't perceive it as love. I perceive it as what I'm used to receiving, which is manipulation. (laughs) Well, and, 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 okay. You want to talk about some, some, you know, some passing on some shit and creating. So I have a stepson who I love dearly. I love them all dearly, but he contacts me when he's in crisis only. I'm like, what have I created? What, you know, I've not set my boundaries and, or, or given, maybe I haven't given the love unless he's in crisis. I mean, I met him when he was in crisis. So like, you know, it's, it's just kind of the relationship, the way that it happened, but I'm like, now I'm observing things and things in my life and, and moments in my life. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, I, I'm the worst person. Like I will, it will feel like I ghost you unless I'm, unless you're in crisis yeah. and then I'm there and then I'm there. And then it's like, oh, I'm not. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. But not real, but yes and no, you know what I mean? And I think that that gets taken apart into different, you know, different categories, right? Because your friends that you see on a regular basis, you give them love and in different ways. They don't have to be in crisis. They exist and and that's, and they just get love from you and, and because, because y'all communicate and all that kind of stuff. So there's so many facets to it, but again, who sits down and does this work besides people like us, the average person on a Tuesday afternoon, isn't sitting down and journaling about their belief systems about love, where they came from. What did love look like when I was a kid? What was the only thing I thought was love? People aren't doing this. You have to come to someone like us to take these things apart so that you can change that for yourself. Otherwise, the concept that you had brought up before about like energy attaching to energy will just continue to happen. If you criticize me, it'll attach to my criticism, my inner critic. It'll be like, hey, there you are, friend. You know, like that makes sense to me. But if love has no place to attach to because it's it, it it's not within me, it's foreign. It's not going to it's not going to match up. It's not going to connect to an energy center inside me because that one is busted. It's not happening. So, mm-hmm. but if you know if you don't know that about yourself, you're just yeah. going to keep going into those same modes, into those same spaces. And man, is this? I mean, I'm not perfect in this either, you know, I think I'm always in, I'm always going to be in self-awareness because I have now the love of a child that I'm not used to having. And that stage changes and it's a lot, but it's very frustrating when you're trying to have friendships and relationships with people. And you're like, it's gonna be really weird if I like sit them down and ask them about their belief systems. Right. But (laughs) if we did it, right like in my mind I'm like if we did it this would be so much easier right like well and, just and the, let, let me know that I'm let, let me show you that I'm loving you but without proving it it's very weird <laughs> yes but also let's be open to people evolving with their relationship of love like let's be open like if you have a friend 
like me and Yeshua and I, I know, like we're both working on how to receive love in a different, in different ways. But at the same time, um, it's the similar issue. And so as we begin to receive love, our boundaries are going to change as we know how we receive them, where something may not have been a certain way in the beginning. Now that we've discovered something about ourselves, we're going to shift our boundary because, oh, okay. Like I know that I don't have to rescue you to receive your love. So I may not, you know, I may not particularly run in and rescue you the minute that you're in crisis. I may let you ask for help when you need it and not be the rescuer because that's how I feel I need to show love. So, or you need, or you can receive it. So allow the conversation to be open. I, I, I agree. I wish everybody would talk about love and how they receive it. And there maybe even just some of the issues they have with giving and receiving Mm -hmm. love and saying, look, I'm working really hard at at being able to receive it. I don't know how this is, this is how I learned to receive it, but I don't want it to be that way. So I'm on a journey. And for people to accept that and say, fantastic, this is where I'm at with love. And this is, or maybe I haven't explored it at all. I haven't really explored how I receive love. I'm not really sure. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look at myself and, and, and do it and maybe do it together. Like, you know, there's nothing more than having a trusted partner and exploring shit about yourself. Cause then you can, you know, lament and rely on the support with each other, <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's, which is how that whole love languages thing happened. Like that was the beginning of that work. I feel like, but it's not deep enough, obviously, like you're going to get deeper in it if you're able to have a session with the person who came up with the concept of the love languages but people are like oh I take the quiz and then here's the five bullet points of how you can love me and it's like oh god like yes and no yeah (laughs) go deeper and you have to know that you can accept it right like just because you want it right like you may want physical touch but when you are physically touched you may feel like you're being used because in your life you've been used for physical touch so you're having a, you're having a crisis of not really knowing, you know, and that, you know, you have to be aware of that to be able to say like, Oh, different physical touches actually matter. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. So as you see, friends, we could kind of go down this rabbit hole for a very long time. It's not to say that this isn't something that we could talk forever about, but I think some key points, let's do some takeaways, Vanessa. So we talked about a lot. One is, is that unconditional love is a buzzword. Yes. And that unconditional love sometimes it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't exist unless it's from a divine source. It doesn't exist in the 3d because we have conditions about how we should have conditions about how people treat us. Um, what is another bullet point? Um, definitely like examining your early belief systems about love. What, what do you believe love looks like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? What, um, 
how is it displayed? You know, um, we really, and digging deeper, like it's not just handholding, it's what does handholding mean? It means, you know, being seen together in public and, and claiming each other or whatever, you know, like going as deep as possible with those kind of things. I think we really examining the belief, what do we believe love is, is, you know, very, very important to then, you know, discovering how, because that's, you know, the other part of like, how am I receiving that? Am I allowing myself to receive that? Absolutely. And I think another one is, is what is your relationship with yourself? Yes. Amen. Which is like number one in most, (laughs) most of the things we talk about, right? Like go within man, because (laughs) that's where it all has to be. It all has to be in here. But yeah, Mm -hmm. do you love yourself? Because otherwise none of this conversation is going to really work for you because you can't, when, when we talk about that, you can't love unless you love yourself. It's not that you can't feel love, right. Or, or even give acts of love. It's that if you don't know what love feels like, if you don't love yourself to have that knowledge, you can't trust love. Right. Lovely. (laughs) We're going to, we're, I mean, I know that another one is going to spawn from this because I really, you know, obviously we're going to be hitting that Valentine's day in a few weeks and we'll have lots to say about that. But (laughs) I think this was a good one for the, like, you know, I just really need to be doing that because Mm -hmm. here's, here's what I think I wish for all of us in the new year is a lot of love. Yeah. And, and, and I always say that, but I always say, I've said it to everybody this year, I wish you prosperity, good health and love in the new year. But if we don't know how to receive it, then what, you know, it's, it's, it's impossible. Like, it, you know, you'll never see the abundance of it if we can't receive the abundance of it. Absolutely. So, oh, Open your love eyes wide, y'all. It's everywhere. <laughs> Right. Let's break some of those patterns. Let's break through some of those childhood, you know, belief systems. Let's rewrite our belief systems. We're rewriting our visions for the next year. Let's mm-hmm. put belief systems about love on there. Yes. Amen. And on your vision boards, receiving love, learning how to receive love and, and act, actively receiving it. Yes. And uh, that's, that's on my vision board this year. Yes. So love it. We love you guys. We thank you for um, spending this hour with us, however long it's been, <laughs> hour and a half. Like hour, um, hour, hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, we thank you for that. We wish prosperity, good health, and an abundance of love for you in this new year. And we look forward to what we co-create within this podcast. So yes. how we show y'all love. Right. how we do it we show up every week to give you some love <laughs> a happy new year everybody and we'll talk to you soon yay love y'all thank you for joining us on freud's angels we are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us to continue the healing connect with us on instagram at freud's underscore angels and on facebook at freud's angels Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. 
If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.